BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits, and I'm bringing it to you real and unfiltered. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I hated that, but let's just go with it. I don't know how you guys are all doing, but I am feeling overwhelmed with all the end of year work, deadlines, tying up loose ends, invoices, taxes. I just found out that I owe like more taxes this year. I already paid so much. This is insane. I'm currently in discussions with my CPA about how to become a resident of the Bahamas. Anyway, there's holiday planning, gift shopping, and on and on, but mostly just so much work, right? This time of year is always really stressful. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, I totally feel you. Actually, I was really stressing the other day and Chuck was so funny. He was like, amazing. Like I was sitting there freaking out and saying, I have to do this by then. And And he was like, great. And he was so genuine. And I said, great. And he said, yeah, it's amazing that you're so busy and so many people need things from you. It's when nobody needs anything from you that it's time to be stressed. And I was like, wow, he's so right. He gives the best advice because he just has been through it all and has such a gift of giving really simple, wise advice. And it helps so much to lift the burden of whatever I'm going through. So I thought I would share that because everyone asks for him to come back on, which will never happen. His podcasting days are over after our two episodes, but I can drop some Chuckisms here and there for you guys. So anyway, I'm doing a Q&A episode today with all of your questions from Instagram. So let's get into it. And since I brought him up, I will start with the relationship question since this is obviously the main one that I get whenever I do a Q&A. So I said back in September on the podcast that I was not divorced. People ask, how are you doing after your divorce? How, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not divorced. I thought that by saying that combined with some other things shared on social media, 
would make it kind of obvious because when things were unraveling and like I wasn't wearing a ring or I was in a different environment, so many people were like eagle-eyed sleuths. And I got so many messages like asking me and confronting me about the state of my relationship. It was really awful. And I'm like, where are all those eagle-eyed sleuths now? Like, it's so obvious. Maybe it's just obvious to me. And I know that people are kind of enjoying having this guessing game. But at the end of the day, I always kept him private. He's never been part of my platform, aside from the times that he so graciously came on my podcast. But my work has never been about my relationship. And I know that people are curious, but I really have to protect it and protect his privacy and protect my privacy in all of its phases. And I get that it was like public, but it's just really important to have aspects of my life remain sacred and remain private. I got a DM from somebody saying that it's hard to connect with me when I'm not forthcoming about my relationship. Actually, it's not just this one person, so I'm not calling anybody out. I've gotten a few like that and people saying, well, if you're an influencer, like you have to share this stuff. And I was taken aback because I get that people feel connected, not just to me, but to content creators, people that they follow and listen to. And I appreciate so much that like feeling of connection and the support and the community, but also it just doesn't mean that people are entitled to like private details of our lives, especially something like this. So, I mean, I did share a little bit, like I think I posted two TikToks back over the summer, just kind of alluding to things that were going on. But I regret saying anything at all because again, like some parts of my life and definitely his life are not for public consumption. And maybe that will change in three months or six months or whatever, if things are more defined, put it that way. But right now I am just really not comfortable saying anything about it as I sit here and ramble on about it. And I have to respect his privacy, but it's kind of crazy. I feel like we are just so desensitized. Like we see people's lives. We watch people's lives day in, day out. I know more about strangers' kids than I know about people in my family. It's absolutely <laughs> insane. And we're just so used to it. And so we just come to expect that from everybody that we follow. And it's not like judging anybody, whether that's how they share or that's what they want from the people that they follow and engage with. But it's just not where I am right now. I try to share so many other things, but when it comes to that, I got to keep it close. So I hope you guys understand and I hope I don't sound like I'm on my high horse or anything. So let's get into the rest of the questions. So I'm going to release another solo in the beginning of January around like New Year's types of things, kind of a wrap up of 2020 and going into 2020, 2020. I just said 2020, <laughs> a wrap up of 2022. Get with the program, Ariel. And going into 2023, I'm just laughing thinking of my producer laughing at me right now and all of you guys. So yeah, if I don't get to your question in this episode, I am saving it for then. So I think the breakdown of this episode is going to be wellness 
first and then beauty. So what does a week of workouts look like for me? And do I still do 12K a day? Well, I hope Harley isn't listening to this right now because I have not done 12K in a while. Sadly, I'm actually going to start aiming for that again because the difference in how I feel is so dramatic. Like I feel good right now, but when I'm walking that much, my whole body just feels so much more settled, if that makes sense. I don't have tons of extra energy like vibrating through me. This is not coming out how I want it to. I'm on very little sleep right now, but yeah, it's just such a great release that walking. It's such a release. It's such good grounding for me. My sleep when I'm walking a lot is amazing. My energy is consistent. I feel way more clear headed, all of that, but I'm just in a phase where I'm not prioritizing it and that's okay. And I talk about this a lot, but I don't think we just pick up these habits and routines and then that's it. We do it consistently forever. The end life happens and priorities change and we have different needs at different times. So all of that said, I do want to start doing it again because of all the benefits I got from it. So I still walk, just not 12K. So my workout schedule right now is just light walking, like walking Harvey, and then two to three days of strength and resistance training with Harley. So what happens for me when I lighten up on my exercise load and just do a few days of tough workouts instead of five or six days of tough workouts, which I have to say, I do tend to be the kind of person where once I start doing it, then I feel like I have to do it every day. And then if I miss a day, I feel like I'm failing. So for whatever reason, like two to three days is kind of a sweet spot for me because I don't feel pressure to then work out on the other days aside from like walking or light movement. And what happens is that I get really lean for whatever reason. I know you're probably rolling your eyes like so fucking annoying, but I think it's just because I'm not stressing my body out. Like I'm very sensitive as we've established so many times. And when I do too much, it has kind of an adverse effect where sure, I'm getting stronger and building muscle, but I'm also puffy AF and I hate that. So yeah, two to three days with Harley and some light walking. And I am probably going to go back to do Forma and do like a day of Pilates or switch to two days of Pilates and one strength training or flip that every other week or something because I just love the mind body aspect of Pilates. There are so many supplements out there, and I know for me, if I'm going to add a supplement to my regimen, I want it to be a targeted supplement. I want it to be treating a specific thing that I need help with, and that can be hard to do, but not with JS Health Vitamins. They are absolutely incredible. I'm sure you guys all listened to my episode with the founder. Her name is Jessica Seppel. I'm sure some of you guys follow her as well. She has a big following. She's a clinical nutritionist and she founded JS Health Vitamins, which are 
solution focused. They are designed to target your main health and beauty concerns, and they are created using the highest quality ingredients backed by science at a therapeutic dose, which means transformational results for your health and confidence. And that's what they are known for. Verified by tens of thousands of real customers all around the world. And definitely go check out the reviews online. They have before and after pictures, which are amazing. I've shared my own before and after pictures from my results using the skin and digestion. So whatever your needs or goals are, skin health, gut health, hair growth, sleep support, more energy, even a libido boost, JS Health Vitamins has a formula for that. So like I said, I love the skin and digestion. It's inspired by the gut-skin connection. We all know how interconnected the two are. And I know for me, when I am having gut issues, it shows up on my face first, sometimes before I even have digestive issues. This product has a global cult following. It works by reducing symptoms of acne and pimples along with other common concerns while supporting gut health. So go look at the before and afters from the community because the transformations are definitely worth looking at. They also have a detox and deep bloat. This is a global best-selling formula that supports the body's natural cleansing and detoxification processes. And they also have a hormone and PMS support. They have amazing vegan protein and probiotic powders. So pretty much anything that you're looking for, they really figured out what women are struggling with most, and they made these incredible supplements to support us in those areas. So on top of that, they're always gluten-free and GMO-free. They're made with ingredients you can trust held to high Australian standards. And they've given me an exclusive discount code for you guys so you can try the range yourself. Use the code BLONDE15 at checkout for 15% off site-wide at www.jshealthvitamins.com. And the link will also be in show notes. So in this episode, I am talking about sleep hygiene, how I get really good sleep, and I talk about how I use Ned's Mellow Magnesium, and I have for well over a year now nightly. I absolutely love it. And I have to tell you guys that they have a new product. It's called Shut Eye Chai. It's amazing. It's inspired by 5,000 years of ancient healing tradition and is Ned's biggest product launch to date. It's incredible. It's a mellow super blend latte for sleep that combines adaptogens, aminos, functional mushrooms, and their amazing magnesium. Seriously, the best ingredients out there wrapped in this heavenly masala chai inspired spiced body. So think cinnamon, clove, ginger, all that good stuff. And it doesn't just set you up for amazing sleep. Ingredients like chaga, reishi, and ashwagandha are deeply nourishing to your body. So you're getting a ton of additional benefits. It's crafted from the highest grade single origin ingredients, ethically sourced from some of the world's best small scale farms. So like everything that Ned does, it's just really intentional, really thoughtful, and the absolute highest quality, which is why I love them so much. So Shut Eye Chai will help calm your nervous system. It helps nourish your senses and send you peacefully off to dreamland. And it's all natural, made exclusively from functional botanicals, fungi, herbs, plants, minerals, roots, and spices. So 
not only is this so helpful for sleep, but I think this time of year, especially like it's just such a nice way to end your day. I always like to have tea at the end of the day and have my magnesium drink. And this is like just that cozy kind of warm, spicy flavor that you want to be having, especially during the holidays. So Shut Eye Chai does not contain CBD. It doesn't have caffeine, melatonin. It doesn't have dairy, nothing like that. It's really pure and it's just ultimately really effective and really helpful in supporting healthy, good quality sleep. And you're not going to feel groggy the next day. That's huge. So let's see. Right now it's 4.30 as I'm recording this. I am exhausted. I think I'm going to do my skincare, take a bath, make my shut-eye chai, put on a good show, probably around like 7.30. I've been craving it all day. And that is just like my perfect night right there. So discover how Shut Eye Chai can revolutionize your sleep and get 15% off with the code BLONDE. Go to helloned.com slash blonde or enter the code BLONDE at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D dot com slash blonde to get 15% off. Sweet dreams. Okay. Did I ever think, (laughs) totally switching gears here. Did I ever think I'd have a career sharing details of my life on social media? No, I don't think I could have ever envisioned this. I mean, when I was growing up, this wasn't even a thing, but it happened kind of slowly and organically. So I like to think I've been pretty intentional with it and I do treat it like a business. And because of that, I have boundaries around it, which we were talking about. And that probably hurts me, honestly, and the bottom line business-wise. But I've said it before, and I will say it again. And I think this is important because social media feels like it's just ramping up. And everyone, not everyone, but so many people want to blow up on social media. And consumption is just insane. And the content out there is just like the same content recycled over and over and over again. To what end? Like it's just a hamster wheel. So I would rather have a real life that I share about on social media than a social media life that I take occasional breaks from to like check into real life. That's just not how I want to prioritize it. But that said, I'm so grateful for it. It really is the perfect job for me because I love getting to do this. I love getting to be creative and share things that have helped me, that might help you and bring experts and other people's experiences and opinions to my audience. And I just love this community. It's a safe and supportive space. And it will be interesting to see how things unfold, not only for me, but for a lot of content creators, because the space is changing so rapidly. And what do you do when like everybody has an audience and everybody can become a brand? I think that a lot of these people who have overnight success on TikTok might have trouble leveraging that, but maybe not. I don't know. I would love to get into product. I'm going off on a tangent now, but maybe you guys can help me. I have been meditating on this for maybe a year. I want to give my community something that's not out there or that's better than anything out there. And I think about what I need that I can't find, but nothing is coming to me And I don't just want to throw some shitty product out there and stamp my name on it to make a little money. So maybe you guys can help me. What can you not find? What do you need that is not out there? 
You can DM me or something. Let me know. (laughs) Okay. Someone asked, I want to break into the wellness space. Where do I start? Well, I think if you mean with content creation, I would say focus on TikTok and then repurpose that content for Instagram. I feel like a total hypocrite because I do the opposite, but the most growth and discoverability really happens on TikTok. But I think you have to know what your intention is. You have to know what sets you apart from other people in the wellness space. You need to focus on your story, like write your story down, write bullet points of things that you've been through that can be utilized to help other people because that's where people connect. They want to connect with a story and feel like they're connected to you. So just do that. Be relentless in your consistency, even when you feel like you're not getting anywhere, because especially on TikTok and a little bit on Instagram, you never know when a video will go viral or something. And then you have all that other content, even if it has like 300 views for people to go back to, to get a feel for who you are and what you are about. So I think the people that grow the fastest are the ones who do that who focus on their story. They're not focused on aesthetic. And if you think about the people that you follow, at least this is how I feel. Yeah. I follow some people that have pretty routines and like aesthetics, but I don't really care about that. I want to follow people who are providing value. So write down, like I said, things you've been through that you want to share about that you can turn into pieces of valuable content, something that would connect with somebody else, something that if you were scrolling, it would make you stop and just start shooting. I think JC from what we said has said, and she had a huge year on TikTok. She said ideas have a shelf life. And I find that to be very true because I think of things I want to do. And then I'm like, I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then it never happens. So I'm saying this as much for me as I am for you right now, because my whole strategy this year was to focus on TikTok because that reflects the most in my podcast numbers and Instagram growth, all of that, because it's a different audience. But then I find myself bogged down with Instagram always. 2023, no more, right? That said, I think Instagram is still really important for community. I spend my time on there because that's where I can like message with people and interact and all of that. What are the foundations of a healthy lifestyle? How do I get started? Okay. I think a healthy lifestyle is going to look different for everybody. And I don't think it looks like that healthy girl, clean girl, whatever the aesthetic is that we see all over social media. I actually remember Liz Moody. I can't remember if it was the first episode or second episode she did on my podcast, but she said when wellness is making you miserable, it's not wellness. And I love that because I think so many people feel pressure to have their days and their routines look a certain way and encompass certain things. But if you're doing it because you think you should be doing it or because someone else is doing it, that's not going to be sustainable and it's not going to feel good and it's going to be counterproductive. So I think you can draw inspiration from other people and try things and apply what feels good and then discard the rest. So say you're starting from scratch or you're just unhappy with how you feel right now. And I was on her podcast maybe last month and I think we talked about this. So I'm a big fan of putting pen to paper. And I think, yeah, I think I talked about it on her podcast. And then I think I talked about it on Instagram recently, but I would say write down three columns. Okay. The first column is current habits. Second column is what are your goals or your desired habits? And then the third column is 
what is the discrepancy here? Like, what is the action that I can take to go from the current habit to the goal or the desired habit? So in the first column, write down, like, I wake up at 7.30. Next row under that, I check my social media. Next row, I grab a bar. Next row, I run out the door to work or something. And if that's what you want your morning to look like, and I cannot emphasize this enough, that's amazing. You don't have to change anything. But if you're like, I want to be more intentional going into the day, I feel so rushed, or I want to try journaling or meditating, or I would love to get outside for like a walk for 10 minutes, then write that in the next column. So if you wrote that you wake up at 7.30, next column, you would put, I want to wake up at 7. Whatever feels manageable to you so that you can take that small win and kind of stack those wins and set yourself up for success. So then you can put like whatever action you need to take to get there. So maybe, well, that one's kind of obvious. Set my alarm for earlier, but maybe that means going to bed earlier. I don't know. And then instead of like, if you check your social media, then your desired goal might be to journal or meditate for five minutes, whatever you want to do and just keep going. I think you guys get the point. So I say that because I think it's so easy to imagine what we want to do or how we want to change, but we can't really know exactly what our current habits are and where we want to be and how to do that until we see it in front of us, like almost in an inventory. I don't think overhauling everything at once works. So I would say build these new habits really slowly. And once you've nailed down a few, then you can move on to new ones. And then you might see like, back to the waking up example. Well, I'm trying to wake up at seven instead of seven 30, but I'm hitting snooze because I'm so tired. So then you might have to go back and put like going to bed. Am I going to bed at midnight scrolling on TikTok or watching Netflix or whatever it is? Well, then can you scale that back and, you know, try to fine tune that a little bit so that then you're setting yourself up for a better morning. So yeah, I, I think once you build new habits slowly and you've done that, I think that's when you have that lasting change. So when it comes to foundations of a healthy lifestyle, landing the plane here, I think the pillars are some type of movement, whether that's walking or Pilates or weights or whatever you enjoy and whatever you're actually going to do. Then I think nutrition is a part of that. And again, that'll be different for everybody, but I just try to have you know, balanced vegetables, grains, healthy fats, fiber, good quality protein, and not restricting anything because when I don't restrict, I don't crave anything really. And then I think there has to be some spiritual aspect to our lives. And that doesn't have to be spiritual woo-woo or like any kind of religious affiliation, but just some practice where you're connecting with yourself and having some time where you're kind of going within and being mindful and having time with your thoughts. So whether that's journaling, even if it's the five minute journal or meditating or walking or yoga, there's so many things we can do that are not sitting in front of a computer or TV or phone where we are, you know, in our body and present in our minds. And then the last thing I'll say about this is that, again, this idea of the clean girl or wellness girl is being shoved down our throats. And someone asked me if I get wellness fatigue and I understand the question. And I want to say that if I'm perpetuating this at all, I apologize because I really am not 
rigid at all in my routines. I'm not restrictive with food. I'm not regimented right now with exercise. I'm not meditating for hours or journaling every day. I just have a few things I do that I have done for so long that have just become habitual and that really support my well-being, but I'm not consistent every single day. I just try to do my best to do the things that make me feel my best, but it's not always possible or realistic. So I think that a lot of times we see the highlights of other people's routines and feel like we're doing it all wrong. But realistically, those people whose routines you're seeing are probably not doing it day in, day out, exactly the way that it looks. I mean, especially if somebody's filming it for social media, like just take that with a grain of salt. With the new year upon us, I know that New Year's resolutions and intentions are right around the corner. And I say, you do you. Do whatever you feel sets you up for success. But I know that a lot of people try to overhaul their entire routines. And I don't really agree with this strategy. You guys know I talk about this a lot. But I do believe in incorporating little micro habits that set you up for wins. One of those micro habits, you probably know what I'm going to say, is starting my day with athletic greens. This made such a big difference for me because it's just so convenient. It eliminated the need to kind of aimlessly be taking a bunch of supplements. And I just check off so many boxes before my day has even begun. So one scoop of AG1 from athletic greens contains 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, even aging, all of the things. So I love it because I feel like I get a little zip of energy from it. So I have it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach before my matcha, before my macadamia nuts. By now, I'm sure you all know my routine. So I mix a scoop of AG1 with some water, shake it up, and... It is so good. It's a flavor that I've really come to crave. It's like a vanilla pineapple kind of flavor, but it's not overly sweet. It has less than one gram of sugar. It has no artificial anything while still tasting really good. And it's just this one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. Athletic Greens really comes in handy, I find, when I'm traveling, and they make these super convenient travel packs that are so easy to pack, and that way you don't have to bring a ton of supplements with you, and you can just start your day knowing that you got a lot of vitamins and minerals and things that are really nourishing your body, so you can go out and explore if you're traveling, eat your way through wherever you are, Go to your holiday parties and you know that like you've covered a lot of your bases. And right now to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash blondefiles. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash blondefiles to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. After I got my boobs done, I knew that I had to get all new bras, but I had no idea what my new size was. So let me tell you what totally 
saved the day. I went to Bare Necessities website. That's like my go-to because their undergarments are so comfortable. And I think your bra and your underwear should be the most comfortable thing that you're wearing. That's just me. And they have the Bra Finder Fit Quiz. So this is so helpful because finding the right bra isn't always intuitive. You have to figure out exactly what your fit is. And the quiz helps to point you in the right direction in just a few clicks. So they also have a team of bra fit experts available on hand to help you find your perfect bra. You can give them a call or start a live chat to get your complimentary personalized fitting. So it's like the convenience of shopping online with the service of a neighborhood boutique. I just did the quiz. I answered a few questions like how my current bras were fitting, if it was riding up on the back, if the cup size was working and it gave me my new size. And when I got my bras, it was perfect. So Bare Necessities is one of the biggest online intimate apparel retailers. They offer over 140 of the best brands all in one place. They put fit and comfort above all else. So they're all about size inclusivity. They have everything, whether you are looking for something a little bit sexier or you're looking for just everyday undergarments, something to wear under your leggings. If you're working out, they have it all. And they have been getting feedback for over 20 years. So they know what their customers love. They know what they hate and they know what they need in their bras and lingerie. And this is exactly why they started their own brand, Bear by Bear Necessities. They have this lace thong that I have in every color. It's sexy and comfortable. That is pretty much what I look for when I'm looking for bras and underwear. And they have everything for whatever coverage or look you are going for. They also have great sleepwear. So definitely go check them out. And right now you can get 20% off your Bare Necessities order when you go to barenecessities.com slash blonde20 and use the code blonde20. So again, the code is blonde20 at barenecessities.com slash blonde 20 to get 20% off. So that's B-A-R-E-N-E-C-E-S-S-I-T-I-E-S dot com slash blonde 20. And the code is blonde 20. Some exclusions apply. Someone asked me about my morning and night routine. So let's see if I totally contradict myself here. Actually, before I do that, this is kind of on the topic. So somebody asked, do I ever just want a McDonald's burger? So not specifically McDonald's for ethical reasons. And I just don't really like red meat, but I cannot stress this enough. And I think this is kind of important to hear, especially around the holidays when everyone's, not everyone, a lot of people are worried about indulging. And I'm trying to think how to say this where I don't come off like preachy or better than anybody else. Really, I got to this place through a lot of a lot of dieting and restriction and frustration and so much energy expended on what I ate and trying to micromanage all of that. So now I really don't think about what I eat anymore. (laughs) And that was the biggest shift in what my body looks like, in my energy, in how I feel, my issues with bloating, et cetera. Like everything just fell into place. And I don't know why, but I suspect I was really just stressing myself out around food and having a restrictive mindset and approach around it just caused me to have like cravings and I was restricting. So I was having weird hunger cues and I would try to eat it in volume because I 
was feeling deprived and I was getting bloated and doing so many things that were just counterproductive to what my goals were. So I think the core of this question was, do I ever let myself indulge in something that isn't like quote unquote healthy? And the answer is all the time I eat pizza, pasta, tacos, fries. I have daily dessert. Right now I'm having this Giselle's vegan kitchen. And just because it's vegan does not make it healthier, but it's so good. Oh, I didn't even say what it is. It's carrot cake and it's so good. And I mostly eat the frosting part. Like I get the frosting with just a little bit of the carrot cake. Oh, it's so good. Now I'm excited for it tonight. You can get it at Air One. So yeah, I eat a lot of things that are kind of like on the cheat list with wellness and diet culture. But as a result, I'm not trying to satisfy cravings or eat, like I said, high volume with lower calories and all of that. So moderation really does work when you can do it and when that becomes intuitive. And I know the follow-up question to that then is like, well, how do I do that? Because when I do that, I overeat. For me, it was just trial and error. Like I did overeat a lot initially. And I don't know. I just kind of figured out like what works and how much feels good and when to stop and all of that. So I don't know. I think maybe because I post a lot of vegan and like dairy-free, refined sugar-free stuff, people assume that that's what I eat day in, day out. But it's not always. I just know that my audience prefers to eat that way a lot of the time. And there are things that I limit, like dairy genuinely does not make me feel great. So I limit that in that I just don't cook with it very often. But if I go out or if I'm at like Thanksgiving, for example, I'm going to eat it. I'm not just going to like not eat the food that's there because of that. Same thing with sugar. A lot of sugar gives me a hangover, even vegetables. I have some vegetables that don't sit well with me that I kind of avoid. So I don't discriminate. And again, I hope I don't sound like I'm preaching or anything. I just think it's so important, even if it's just for one person to hear that like everything can shift when you stop having a restrictive mindset around food. Okay. Someone asked if I ever emotionally eat. And actually sometimes, yeah, like I'm fully aware if I'm super stressed about something or bored and just want a snack. And I'll do that occasionally. I had Lisa Hyam, who is a registered dietitian on the podcast a while ago. And she actually talked about this and she was like, fuck yeah, emotionally eat, go for it sometimes. Like it's a self-soothing thing. Obviously if it's daily and you're feeling like you're suppressing emotions constantly by eating and you're binging, then that's something that you want to avoid and work on with a therapist. But if you think that you're boredom snacking or you're stress eating or you're sad and you want to have dessert or whatever it is, like I think it's fine sometimes just as long as you're aware of it. Okay. Wow. Morning and night routine. Here we are. I got here in such a roundabout way as usual. So I wake up around 630. I drink my athletic greens. Then I sit with my matcha and I meditate for 20 minutes. Am I already contradicting myself? I don't know. Some days I... I'm really good about staying off my phone. Other days I pick it up as soon as I wake up, like this morning, probably why I cannot even think straight right now. I got on my phone at five o'clock this morning and I was off to the races. And as a result, I feel like my brain is muddled. And I'm just so aware of the fact that when I don't do that and when I meditate, it just clears up 
space in my brain for so much more creativity. I'm happier. I'm calmer when I do that. So I try to be as consistent as I can with that. I send a five item gratitude list to somebody who I have done this with since I got sober. So I do that and then I'll skim the newspaper depending on the day. I play spelling bee depending on the day. I'll always start it in the morning and take a look, but I usually can't finish it till night. It's on the New York Times app. So all of this takes about, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. And then I will walk Harvey around the block, which is just like 10 minutes. And I feed him. Then I get ready for my day. And I'm usually working by eight, unfortunately, or some mornings like today. I started at five. So, oh, I do the SkinCeuticals Phyto Mask every morning right now to help with redness. Then I do my skincare, which I will get into. Well, yeah, I'll get into it right now. Right now I'm back on Jan Marini and I'll talk about that in a minute. But then my nighttime routine, very simple. I just rinse off in the shower. I wash my face, do my skincare and get in bed. And if I watch something, I have to turn it off by like nine. Otherwise it really messes with my sleep. Like if we watch something till 10 or 10 30. I am waking up throughout the night and then waking up at five. I'm a very fragile flower. (laughs) Sometimes though, like if it's on the weekend or whatever, fine. But during the week, I just can't do it. And I kind of did it last night. So I'm sure that's why I was up really early. Plus just all the tasks that have to get done this time of year. Like I was talking about in the beginning. So skincare, rinse off in the shower, get in bed, maybe watch something for a little bit. And then I will read for like 30 minutes to an hour, depending what time it is with my Amber reading light off Amazon. And that just helps me fall asleep so much better than using like my bedside lamp. And then supplement wise, you guys know, I take my Ned Mellow Magnesium and Their CBD, their sleep oil is amazing if I'm having insomnia, which usually happens around my period. So that's it. Super simple. I know skincare, you guys want me to expand on that. I will in a minute when I get to the beauty, I think. But since I'm on the topic, I will just finish the wellness section with sleep. So somebody asked for sleep tips. I, to the point that I was just saying, I really think blue light or any bright light really messes with me. And I'm sure so many people. And if I'm on social media late, forget it. I am donezo. So no social media, no bright light or TV right before bed. That is non-negotiable for me. And if you are having trouble sleeping, try eliminating these first before just throwing a bunch of supplements at it. My dad is hilarious. So he has complained forever that he sleeps terribly, but he's a total night owl. Like he will get going at 10 PM and like go play music in his little studio. He's not a musician. He's a doctor, but that's his hobby. Or like when he visits us, I remember last time, like we would all go to bed kind of early, like nine or whatever, and he'll get out his iPad and stay up till midnight. And we're like, you can't complain about bad sleep when you won't go to sleep. So anyway, I digress. He's probably listening. So hi, dad. But everyone, like so many people that I know included, complain about sleeping like shit. And yet they won't do the most simple thing, which is get off the screens. And I'm not anti-screen. I'm just anti-screen at night after a certain time. So getting off my high horse, that's numero uno. Two, I need my room to be cool 
I need my bedding to be heavy. Like I want to feel the weight of it on me. The Ned Mellow and CBD is great. I like taking a shower or a bath before so that I can kind of heat up my body temperature. And then I turn the air on or this time of year, I just sleep with the windows open. So it's nice and cool. And like it, I cool down quickly and that's pretty much it. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So I've had this dry cough for a while now. It's not what we all think it might be. But that said, I decided that I need to sleep with a humidifier in my room because it's just so dry and it's exacerbating this cough. And I got this new humidifier. I was so excited and I could not figure out how to put it together. And I was like reading this entire manual, trying to figure out how to do it. And I was thinking about how there are so many times in life where I'm going through something and I'm like, I wish I just had a manual for this. But unfortunately, that's not how life works. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure, whether it's a career change, a new relationship, becoming a parent, whatever your situation is. But therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. It's basically like having a user manual for your life. Since the year is coming to an end, I've been looking back and reflecting, and there are so many times that I've thought to myself, thank God for therapy. Like, I don't know how I would have navigated some of the things that I did, the situations and the emotions without therapy. So if you are thinking about therapy right now is a great time, the end of the year, beginning of the year. If you don't know where to start, BetterHelp is an incredible place to start. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It could not be simpler. There's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. So you can learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash files. That's betterhelp.com slash files. I get asked a lot about what cookware I love that is dependable, that is long-lasting, and that is non-toxic. And I have to say, I've been using Caraway for the longest, and I absolutely love them. And Caraway has the entire kitchen covered. They not only have amazing cookware, but they have bakeware, they have gorgeous tea kettles, and their latest release, which is also amazing, is food storage. And I have to say, not only is all of this really functional, but it's also very aesthetically pleasing, which I know is important in your kitchen. You probably spend a lot of time there and you're going to have it out and you want it to look good. And I have great news because Caraway's holiday event has been extended so you can get non-toxic kitchenware at the best prices. You can save up to 20% on all Caraway products, including their internet famous non-toxic cookware set. And for the first time ever, you can now save on Caraway's food storage, tea kettle, and mini cookware. So this exclusive deal is not going to last long. Make sure to shop your favorite colors and products while you still can. 
it's almost 2023. It is time to ditch the chemicals and switch to something non-toxic. Caraway has the absolute best non-toxic kitchenware collection so you can make healthier cooking a piece of cake. Also, like I said, their cookware is gorgeous. You guys have all seen mine, I'm sure. If you watch my Instagram, I have the original and I also have the cream, but I have been eyeing the black and the white cookware set. I can't decide which one I want. I think I kind of want to go a little bit away from my usual kind of neutral cream white and go for the black with the gold because it's just so stunning and it looks so pretty in your kitchen. So visit carawayhome.com to take advantage of their cyber season event and score up to 20% of your next purchase of non-toxic kitchenware. This deal is not going to last long. So visit carawayhome.com, caraway with a C, to shop all their incredible products for up to 20% off this holiday season. Okay, now I'm going to switch to the fun stuff. So do I still do Botox and filler at the moment or just surgery? Just surgery. I mean, when you put it like that, it sounds like it's a regular occurrence. But yes, I do a little Botox and filler here and there. But my philosophy, as you guys know, is to just nip something in the bud rather than do a bunch of minimally invasive procedures like fillers, threads, obviously I hate, Botox, lasers, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I like lasers for my skin, but not for things like tightening or, I mean, trying to address like laxity or anything with a laser. I just am not into it. So I just would rather do a surgery if that's the real solution. I mean, I think that when people start to look really bad is when they have, say, laxity or some kind of issue that really needs to be solved surgically and they try to attack it with these like less invasive things which I understand there can be financial constraints but oftentimes you're then chasing these minimally invasive procedures and they might be somewhat effective for a few months and you have to keep doing them and doing them so I kind of think it can be more cost effective to do a surgery if that is what is appropriate for whatever the issue is that you're trying to address. But if you go somewhere that only does minimally invasive procedures, they're not going to probably be honest with you that surgery would be a better option. So it's just you have to do your due diligence. But I will say Botox stopped working on me this fall and we could not figure out what was going on We tried Botox, we tried increasing units, we tried Dysport, whatever the other one is, nothing worked. And then my friend sent me a post about a study, although I should point out it was a very small study. Like I think it was 45 people and I think maybe it was partially anecdotal if I remember correctly, but they had this group of patients and after having COVID, they found that their Botox, Dysport, whatever it was, um, was suddenly ineffective. So this is like absolutely terrible. And I sent it to my injector and she was like, I saw that. And I instantly thought of you. I was like, great. Thank you. So I don't know what the solution is there. I don't know if that is why it is not effective on me, but it definitely aligns with after I got COVID, which was in June. And then I got it again in July. 
And then I tried to get Botox in like September and it wasn't working. So I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but I think they theorized that it could have something to do with your body's antibodies post COVID attacking the protein and the Botox or, t- or whatever it is, making it kind of ineffective. How do Hollywood women stay so thin? This person said she eats healthy and works out, but they are on another level. I mean, I know everyone is talking about Ozempic or semaglutide. And yes, I've heard for like the last year, maybe a little bit more about various people being on that. And actually an old doctor of mine was one of the people who was prescribing that initially and still is. But remember, these people have the best trainers, the best nutritionists, the best chefs, the best wellness gurus, the best doctors, literally everyone at their disposal to help them. And then, of course, they are incentivized to look a certain way in that their image is their business, their commodities. So on top of that, I would say a lot of people are getting lipo, whether they're thin or not. I mean, I had it in the back of my arms when I got my boobs done because he lipoed around like the what's called the bra fat, which is like the the frontal armpit region. I think that's the scientific name for it. And my doctor does that to give a really pretty contour to the breast. And it made a huge difference. Um, but you guys know I'm thin, but my arms are my stubborn area. So I just had him hit that with the lipo thingy since he had it out. And I don't think people would suspect that. And one of the reasons I'm forthcoming about a lot of the stuff that I do is because I think so many people assume that these procedures are like barbaric and require a ton of downtime and that only a certain person of a certain age or a certain weight or et cetera have these procedures. And it's like, no, in L.A., surgery is like getting a blowout. I mean, the attitude here is so blase. Obviously, you guys know there are tons of doctors here who are really good. And some not so really good ones. But that's why I take one for the team sometimes to show that surgery and these other procedures can be subtle and can kind of go undetected. So try not to compare yourself to these celebrities who have everything at their disposal. Also, Liana Levy, the founder of Forma Pilates, was on the podcast and she trains like anyone and everyone. A lot of the kind of younger celebrity, young Hollywood, same with Harley. And It's no secret that before events or roles or whatever it is, a lot of them do go to more extremes, like she was saying, juicing, juice diets, things like that. So personally, I would rather have a few extra pounds on me and be happy and have a nice plump face. (laughs) Not plump, but when I lose a lot of weight, I get gaunt. That's not a good look. Okay. Scared to get breasts done how to take the leap to do it. I think this is truly a very personal thing. Only do it if you really want to and if you feel ready and you feel good about it. I don't know any context about this person's situation, so it's hard to say, but I do know that your mindset around surgery is really important. So mostly everything I've done, well, everything I've done, I've truly wanted and felt really excited about doing. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I did talk about this before. When I got my boobs done, I had it planned for this past June. And then I got COVID, so we had to postpone like 30 days, I think is the rule to avoid post-COVID complications and inflammation and things like that. 
then the day that we rescheduled for when it came time for surgery was actually kind of not a great time because of everything happening in my personal life. Like I was really stressed and really sad, even though I knew everything that was happening, everything was planned, all of that. But things came to a head a few days before my surgery and I was going through a really hard time mentally and I was apprehensive about having surgery under those conditions. Obviously, I ultimately went through with it and I'm so happy I did. I mean, I've said it so many times. Who knew that a boob lift and some implants could make me so happy? not why I did it. I've said this so many times, but like I truly didn't care. I was talking to my cousin last night and I was like, yeah, I did not care. And I was showing her like this before and after composite that I made because we were talking about lifts and implants and stuff like that. And I was like, how? I just didn't care. But the change is so drastic, but also looks so natural. It's just mind blowing to me. Anyway, my mindset going into it. So my recovery was really hard. My body was exhausted for like six weeks. I didn't leave my house for like three weeks because I just couldn't. I had no energy. I would like fall asleep all the time. And I just felt like I was never going to feel normal again. And I don't think that was all the surgery itself. I think part of it, obviously, was the physical trauma of the surgery. But I think a lot of it was just the stress of where I was mentally and those two together were just like so challenging it just took my body such a long time usually I bounce back like super easy from surgery so back to my original point I think mindset plays a role in your experience and in your recovery if you're scared about anesthesia do extensive research or speak to the anesthesiologist who would be on your case if you can, or just talk to your doctor. And if you're scared of breast implant illness, do extensive research and talk to your doctor. Do whatever you need to do to be armed with all of the information that you need to go into it feeling good and excited, as good and excited as you can feel about your decision. But if you've done all of that, if you've researched and spoken to doctors or You know, you've spoken to people who have had their breasts done and you're still scared. Maybe don't do it. Any procedures I regret? Well, you guys know I regret threads. I mean, I don't regret it, obviously, because it wasn't a permanent thing. Thank God. But I just think they're so stupid. But lately I regret a little bit having my nose done or not having it done. I just, I think unique noses bring so much character to the face. And I look at old pictures and I'm like, oh, it fit my face so well. Like I had a Hailey Bieber nose (laughs) and I wanted to do it since I was a teenager. So there were things that I still would have changed, but I probably would have just gone for more like a little bit of refinement instead of like a whole kind of overhaul of the shape and everything. Like I would have just done some refining of the bridge and maybe the tip a little bit, but nothing major. And I think this is a trend. I think a lot of people are embracing their unique noses. And full disclosure, I do a few drops of filler in it occasionally just to like straighten the bridge a little bit and bring the tip down. And I go to Dr. Rivkin, Westside Aesthetics, shout out. And I saw him last night and... He said, so many people are coming in trying to go back to their old noses via filler. Now, this is a very risky area. 
do not go to like some med spa or somebody not qualified. I hate doing it. Like it scares the shit out of me. And that's saying a lot because as I've been talking about, I kind of have no issue like going under the knife and doing a lot of procedures, but the risks associated with complications from injecting in the nose, you know, occlusions and necrosis and blindness, like that scares the shit out of me. So yeah, so it's not something that I really like doing, but I'm going off on a tangent now. But yeah, that would be the one that I don't regret, but I would do it a little bit differently. Why do I think celebrities are hush-hush about surgery? Do they think it'll tarnish their image? On the one hand, I think it's just a private decision. And I understand not wanting to talk about what you do to like refresh or enhance or maintain your appearance on a public level because inevitably you're going to get backlash. I mean, I get the most hateful messages whenever I talk about this stuff. So I can't imagine a celebrity who has like millions of followers and or not just followers. I mean, just worldwide recognition, national recognition, just a level of fame that I can't comprehend. So I understand that would be like really difficult. And then I think there is also an ego component to it. Like back to what I was saying before, I think for a celebrity image is everything. Perfection is a big part of that. And to admit that you've had help, I do think tarnishes, like this listener said, their image in their heads. I always kind of like people and respect people more if they talk about it. But I also understand wanting to keep it private. I just think the lying is like so stupid. And I talk about that a lot too. Like we have eyes. In-depth beauty routine. What do I do daily, monthly, yearly? I don't really have like a set routine, but I'd say yearly I go see mascara <laughs> and do any tweaks to keep things fresh. Monthly. I don't really have like a monthly routine down, but it is laser season. So I do a lot of IPL during the winter all over my body. I do BBL all over my body, not to be confused with Brazilian butt lift. I do Fraxel, like I do my face, my chest, my shoulders. I did my back last year. I go hard in laser season. Like this is my training camp. Because I did so much sun damage from my years of tanning and tanning beds and then just being as tan as humanly possible for like the better part of a decade. Thank God for lasers. I mean, they don't totally erase everything, but I think because I started pretty aggressively pretty young, like early 30s, I feel like I'm not trying to play catch up. I feel like I'm staying ahead of it for the most part. And then obviously like being really diligent about daily sun protection. And I usually do a monthly facial, whether it's a skincare facial or like a facial massage. I recently went to Kosha Spa in LA and did like a buckle fat, not buckle fat, a buckle massage, facial massage. It was amazing. And I love to see, of course, Jen Hollander and Candice, the LA facialist. She's coming on the podcast in January. And then let's see, daily I do my skincare morning and night. So, okay, here I am. I said that I was going to let you know my skincare, I think, at the start of this episode. So I'm back on the Jan Marini system. You can literally go to her website, and it's the skincare management system. I have never been so glowy as I was when I first did this in the beginning of the year. So I think I went on it in the winter. 
But then my skin went berserk this summer. And you guys know I went on spironolactone, which I'm still on while I'm working on some hormonal stuff that I'm sure is at the root of it because it was mainly around my jaw. But I am seeing if my skin can handle a more aggressive regimen like this one. Although it's not aggressive, there's a lot of actives, but it is never irritating for me. But lately, everything breaks me out. So I'm seeing how it goes. So far, so good. It's been about two weeks. And I have to say my skin is just so hydrated and bouncy and glowy, like even just a couple weeks into it. I get compliments daily from men and women on my skin. Like guys don't usually notice skin. What else? Let's see. I get my nails done every four to five weeks. I truly cannot tolerate more than that. It's just the most boring thing to me in the world. And then I get my weedy Rudy highlights about every two months or so. And my favorite indulgence is a two hour massage every week, sometimes twice a week. I have a massage angel and she comes over whenever I need her, which is usually after a Harley workout. So that's my regimen. Okay, I'm going to finish with some quicker ones. Let's see. Do I do New Year's resolutions or a vision board? No, but I am going to do Lacey Phillips to be magnetic. She has an end of year challenge. Her episode is coming up. I'm not exactly sure when, but soon we just recorded. And it's all about how to really manifest. And she could read a lot of things with me, I think. It was amazing. So that will be my practice going into the new year. Do I ever get in funks and how do I get out of it? Yes, quite often. I really just ride it out at this point in my life. I find that if I resist it and try to change it, it usually just makes it more pronounced. So I just kind of go about my business as usual. And then my little habits always help. So I make sure I'm moving, resting, eating, just doing whatever I need to do in that time to feel good, which always varies. What is my key to staying consistent with podcast, workout, and skincare? (laughs) Well, Initially with podcasting, it was because I had a vision for what this could be and what I wanted it to be. And I was just so determined to make that happen. So yeah, I don't really know what else there is to it. And then obviously when I signed with a network and I have a lot of advertisers and my ad space is sold, I have to be consistent because I have to be accountable to all of those advertisers and my network and you guys. I mean... This is my absolute favorite thing that I do, and it's just been so amazing this year. I can't wait to see what is in store for us next year. Next year is going to be my fourth year, 19, 20, 21, 22, fifth year. Wait, fourth or fifth? I don't know, but yeah, I just... Love it so much. But if you're just starting out, I mean, when I started, there were a few hundred thousand podcasts and now there's a few million. But that tells me that there is an audience out there for everybody. You just have to be consistent. And then with workouts, well, by now you guys know I'm really not like rigid about it. And this changes. Sometimes I do get more rigid. But as you know, by now, I just kind of go with the flow. But I will say doing my workouts with somebody keeps me accountable, whether that's my trainer or with a friend or in a class. It's just so helpful to have that extra layer of accountability. And then skincare, I just want to take care of myself and feel my best. And I feel good when my skin is good. So I guess that's my motivation there. 
one beauty or self-care item I can't live without. I don't think I could pick just one beauty item. Although I'll tell you what I'm loving right now. I love the Laniage, Laniage, Laniage. I have no idea how to pronounce it or how it's spelled, but that lip mask that everybody loves. I use it at night. It is a game changer for soft lips. And then I use the Summer Fridays lip gloss during the day. It's so good. Guess I'm all about the lips right now. And I'm not using like a liner or a lipstick or anything. I like keeping my lips really natural at that moment. But that mask is amazing. And for a long time, I just thought, why would you do like a lip mask? I just don't care. But it really does make a huge difference. Okay. How to balance holiday indulging with healthy eating. You probably know what my advice is going to (laughs) be. I would say indulge. It's the holidays. Just balance it out however feels good for you. So I would say don't focus on how much you're eating or drinking and trying to restrict. I would just say increase your other habits if all of the holiday indulging is making you feel off. Like I indulged so much over Thanksgiving. I mean, days of turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes and so many kinds of pies, (laughs) all the things. And I felt kind of lazy and lethargic, but I would take Harvey for a long walk and I just made sure that I was like hydrating a lot and resting a lot. And it was just such a great holiday because there was no stress over eating this or that. And, you know, the holidays come and go and I say just enjoy it. I'm not a good wellness person to be giving advice because I feel like my whole approach is like do what feels good in the moment and YOLO. And okay, I think I'm going to end it there. I see some more questions, but I think they'll be good for the start of 2023. I got it right. 2023. So I'll be back in the very beginning of the year in January. So just thank you guys so much for sticking with me this year, being so supportive. And I've got to say it, just please continue to share the show, rate, review, do all of the things, and I'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Laurie. that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.